text from just a little bit different perspective. It's amazing what you can get out of one of those. As he was talking about that, I was thought about they collect it up so that there wouldn't be any left over. What has God promised to give us? He's promised to meet all our needs. And so he looked out, he fed them, he said, are you all full? You all full? And uh, yes, yes, Lord, we're, we're full. Okay, give me the fragments. Give me the fragments. That's good. I mean, it's not that. I'm preaching a whole message in my head right now. Amen. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to uh, Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25. And uh, this is a good uh, portion of scripture here. There, uh, Moses, if you will, is in the uh, Temple Mount. Not Temple Mount. He's in the mountain with God. And uh, God's given him the, not just the Ten Commandments, but all the commandments. And, um, and he begins to take and to instruct him, when you get down here, here's what I want you to do. Okay? And so in 25, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, and badger skins, and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and the breastplate, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege of singing your praises again this morning, to, to even have our thoughts just look at a familiar story, but from a different perspective. There's so much in your word. We thank you for that, Lord. And we do pray that you'd be with those who are apart from us. Many are not here. We just pray that you'd uh, heal body, soul, and spirit, whatever needs to be done. And, and uh, Father, just uh, bring us back together again. Father, you know uh, the needs of our heart, and, uh, and we do pray for those going through great difficulty today. Do pray for the folks in Texas, Lord. And we just thank you now, Lord, uh, if you'd meet with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, if you will, this is a, this is a, a full portion of Scripture, chapter 25. I'll probably preach two or three messages out of this, uh, just because it's talking about the building of the uh, tabernacle, all right? And so the first thing they need to do is they need to take up an offering to take and to have, if you will, the building materials for this tabernacle, okay? And, uh, and so uh, he teaches us in these first eight verses here, first off, the way they should offer, and then second, what they should offer, okay? And so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the way that they should offer and what they should offer, okay? And so notice, if you will, look at verse 2. The Bible says, Speak unto the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering, Okay? Well, the first thing that you need to notice, the Bible says, bring me an offering, okay? What's the Bible tell us in, in uh, Malachi? It says, bring your tithes into the storehouse, if you will. Uh, we're going to look at Abraham. He brought an offering, if you will, and, 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 uh, at, the, at the end of a, of a great victory. And so, if you will, if he's telling us here that you need to bring your tithes and your offerings. I think there's two reasons for that. Not really in my notes, but uh, listen, we're supposed to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, right? And so it, when you come and you worship, and in the New Testament, he talks about on the first day of the week when you're coming to assemble, uh, come, that's the time to take and to bring your offerings, okay? Uh, I will tell you this, that um, 
a lot of churches, even independent Baptist churches, are, um, if you will, going, and uh, they're going to, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, where you could pay your tithes and your offerings with your debit card, okay? I don't know if you all know this, but debit cards, if you use a debit card, you have to pay 3% to get your money, okay? That's why a lot of times now, if you want to use a debit card, they say, we're going to add 3% to your your bill. The reason is it costs them that much money to get their money. Okay, that's fair. And so if you will, uh, you know, they're making it so you can just, you know, put it as a regular bill and everything like that. How many, uh, I I would say this, and I I say this lovingly, um, there's a certain act of worship to bringing your tithes into the storehouse. Now, you got to be careful about making a show out of it. I, I, I will tell you this, early on as a Christian, uh, matter of fact, it was, it was before I was a Christian. I, I attended a charismatic church, and they always made a big deal about about the offering. I mean, they would they would, you know, it was almost it feels a lot like uh, bowing down to the idol, you know, because they would ramp up the music and they get everybody excited. And uh, they didn't have offering plates; they had offering urns, and the urns were about this big and about this big around. And uh, you had to walk to the front and, and throw your offering into the thing. And to be quite honest with you, it was quite a show. And um, uh, to be quite honest with you, I think that that would, was more about the offerer than the offeree, if you all understand my point. But I do believe there's a certain act of worship. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't do it electronically and worship God and, and do it any other way. But when you bring your tithes into the storehouse... And you get the opportunity to take and to put that tithe and offering into the offering plate. Um, there's a certain of thank you, Lord, and boom. Rather than it being a regular bill that just comes out of your account, you don't even think about it. I think we ought to think about what we put into the offering plate. Okay, And so if you will, the, the Bible talks about bringing your tithes into the storehouse. And then, you know, uh, a lot of times people like to argue about tithe. Because people who don't want to tithe are always trying to find a reason not to tithe, <laughs> okay? And, uh, and so the best thing you can do is go to the examples that God gives us. The very first example of tithing in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 14 with Abraham. So why don't you go there if you would. Genesis chapter 14, and uh, look at verse 18. And the Bible says this, it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And so if you will, he's a priest. He's a king priest. He's a type of Christ. Uh, By the way, the Bible uses this to demonstrate, if you will, the superiority of Christ's um, priesthood to that of Aaron's, because Aaron was in Abraham when he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Okay, And so it's, it's, uh, if you will, a wonderful lesson there. But the whole point is this, is um, uh, the Bible says here in verse 18 again that he came and if you will, uh, when he, the priest came to him, he says, uh, he gave a blessing on him on verse 19. He says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the most high God, uh, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Now notice what it teaches us here. One of the reasons that he tithed was to receive a blessing. Can I ask you a question? Do we receive a blessing blessing when we tithe? And is it promised to us? We're going to take and delineate it, but yeah. It says here that when he tithed, he received a blessing. Right there, it's in your text. But not only that, 
The Bible tells us in Malachi, the reason I can't bless you is because you're not tithing, okay? And he says, you've been robbers of God. And they said, how in, how in have we robbed God? And they said, in tithes and offerings. You have robbed God, okay? Meaning what? You don't have to give it to me, but it is due me. Do y'all understand? Tithes and offerings are due to God as a form of worship. It's a form of first fruit offering. You gave to me, now I want to worship you by giving back to you, okay? And, and so if you will, uh, it, the Bible does say that we receive a blessing by giving our tithes and offerings. Uh, notice also the Bible tells us that he tithed on all the goods taken in battle. The Bible says it, it, very, it makes it very clear there that he tithed on all the goods. Well, what are all the goods? As far as I can see in verse 16, it's the goods that he recovered, meaning the things that they stole, they got back, okay? And so I'm assuming he tithed on that, okay? Because it says he tithed on everything, all right? And so what they stole, what he got back, he tithed on it. And then they tithed on the spoil that was taken by the defeated. If you read verses 21 through 24, um, if you will, uh, well, go to verse 21 because I've forgotten his name. Verse 21, the Bible says, And Abraham, Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord God, the most, uh, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and I will not take uh, from a thread to even a shoe latchet. Meaning this, of all the spoil that they took, uh, if you will, uh, king of Sodom says, Give me my people, you keep the money. All right, You keep the spoil. You keep the treasure. You all understand that? And Abraham says, I won't take even a shoelace. You know, think about that. I'm not going to take a shoelace. You've got to remember in those times of battle, what they would do is anything that the enemy left behind, that was the king's spoil. That was the king's bounty, if you will. And then they would go and they would strip the, they would strip the slain. They would take, you know, they would take shoes. They would take uh, any possessions and any weapons, anything like that. And so what, when Abraham says, I will not even take a shoelace, I mean, I, the, the least significant thing that you got on that battlefield, I don't want it. Why? Lest you say, I've enriched Abraham. See, Abraham said this. He said, you didn't enrich me. God enriched me. And he made it abundantly clear. He says, I'll take nothing from you. Okay? And so that helps us to understand all that he tithed on. He tithed on any spoil that he might have gotten. He didn't really get any. Okay? So the only thing he could have tithed on, really, was what he got back. Okay? And so, anyhow, and so we see here that uh, Abraham is our example. It was a form of worship. He was blessed, and it was acknowledging, if you will, the blessings of God uh, in our life, okay? And so, um, now we see here that Abraham, if you will, was uh, told to tithe, take it to the storehouse. Well, the storehouse came to him, okay? So what is the storehouse, okay? Well, here in our text, go back, if you will, to Exodus. In Exodus chapter uh, 25, uh, the storehouse is going to be the tabernacle, okay? They haven't built it yet, right? But uh, it's going to be the place where you made your sacrifices and you brought your, uh, your offerings and, and your tithes and your offerings. And by the way, who received the tithes and the offerings? It was the Levites, okay? It was, it was, it was for, uh, they received the meat, okay, that they could eat, and then they also, any other offerings they, they could take, and it provided for their living, if you will, okay? Uh, then, in, uh, when we talk about Malachi chapter 3, that storehouse was clearly the temple, okay? You've, you've, that, that's what was in existence. That's where they would take their tithes and their offerings. You, meet, you remember, even in the time of Christ, the rich would come and they would bring their offerings. And they would, they, you remember the widow and her mites, amen? Uh, 
uh, in communism, they say each according to his means, okay? Meaning you're going to be taxed if you got it, all right? And so if you will, you remember this, that when the widow brought her mites, everybody, nobody was impressed except Jesus. And the reason Jesus was impressed is he says he's, she brought in more than, than anybody else. Meaning what? By a percentage of what she has, she brought in far more than what those rich men just threw in that trumpet. Okay? And so if you will, uh, Jesus was acknowledging that you give proportionally. Well, tithe means tenth. Okay? And so if you will, everybody has the same ratio and the same responsibility. You give a tenth. Well, I made two dollars this week. All right. Twenty cents for the Lord. Amen. And, and you say, well, that's not much. You say, it's everything God's asked of you. You all understand that? It's everything God's asked of you. Well, it's only 20 cents. Yeah, well, someday maybe it'll be more. But here's the deal. It's in, and I love it when my children would make a little money uh, mowing or something like that. And, boy, the first thing they do, they, 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 they were excited to come and pay their tithe, you know, give their tithe. And, uh, and, and just learning that principle on, on nickels and dimes later, it's a non-issue when you're making more, okay? It's just a non-issue. And, and so if you will, today, of course, the church is the storehouse. And, and I will say this, that a lot of people would love to argue about that. Uh, a lot of people say tithing is not in the New Testament. That's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. As a matter of fact, to show you this, go, if you will, to, um, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul is teaching this church who's struggling, you know, with all the signs and the gifts and pride and all the other things they were dealing with. And now, if you will, he's changing gears because that word now, he's, he's changing gears. He says, let me talk about something else for a while, Okay. He says, now, concerning the collection for the saints, all right? And if you're not sure what's going on, there's a drought going on in Jerusalem. And the Christians who live in Jerusalem can't make a living right now because just, there's, there's no living to be made, okay? There's a drought going on. You all understand that? And so, if you will, he's teaching. He says, listen, church at Corinth, you're prospering right now, right? And they're suffering, okay? So, notice what he says as we read it now. He says, uh, uh, now, concerning the collection for the saints... As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Meaning this, he says, listen, this is what I teach everywhere. In all the churches, this is what I teach everywhere. Okay? He says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. And so as God has proffered you, prospered you, lay aside in store what? what how do we rob God? The Bible says in the, in the book of Malachi, in tithes and offerings. This here was an offering. Can I just say this? Ties were implied. Ties were implied. And so if you will, uh, he says, bringing your offerings, do it on the first day of the week. Do it when you come together. Do it on Sunday, if you will. Okay? The Bible says that there be no gatherings when I come. Don't, don't collect it when I get there. Collect it as you get together on Sundays. Okay? And the Bible says, and when I come, uh, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality to Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. And so if you will, he's talking about, he's talking about how that they're going to distribute and collect, if you will, the tithes and the offerings. And so where did they do that? Did it in the church. Did it in the church of Galatia. They did it in the church of Corinth. Okay, you do it in the church. Okay. And, uh, and so, anyhow, uh, go back, if you will, to Genesis chapter 14. I want you to see this. 
Genesis chapter 14. Look at verse uh, 19 again, and then the first part of verse 20. The Bible says this, it says, and he blessed him, right? Let's talk about Melchizedek blessing Abraham, okay? The Bible says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham, or Abram, of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. He says, this is, this is a child of God here, and so he's blessing him, okay? And then in verse 20, he says, and blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. You got a great victory because of your God, Amen. And so he's blessing him. By the way, all our blessings, every good gift, every perfect gift descends from the Father of lights. Amen? And so, listen, any blessing that we see in our life, that came from God. Hey, I worked hard for that. Yeah, aren't you glad to have the health to go work hard? Aren't you glad to have a job that you can work hard at? Come on now, amen? And so, if you will, God is praising God for, for this wonderful victory and all that was implied there, Okay? And, and so, if you will, when he gave the tithes and offering, it was out of, if you will, worship and gratitude to God. Thank you, okay? We ought not, if you will, when putting our tithe check in, going, if I don't put it in, you're going to make me feel guilty. If I don't put it in, preacher's going to preach on it. And by the way, I, I don't preach on tithing unless it comes up. It came up, okay? Uh, and so, if you will... Uh, we'll talk about that here in a second, but the whole point is this. When you're putting it in, it ought to be, Lord, thank you for providing for my family this week. Anybody here ever had to put tithe in when you didn't have enough money to put tithe in? Can I just tell you, those are times of real worship. Not just worship, but worship in faith. Lord, thank you, and uh, well, thank you for the rest (laughs) beforehand. All right, there's times like that. And so, if you will, uh, we need to take and worship God because we have been blessed. Listen, we, we, we live blessed lives. And uh, if we don't feel like we live blessed lives, I think it'd be good for all of us just to go overseas for 10 minutes. Anybody ever traveled to a foreign country and, and just see the conditions that people live in? And you think, well, I don't have the fanciest car. I don't have the... Yeah, you got to see what some other people have, you know? Uh, anyhow, anyhow. We need to take and we just need to worship God with our giving because we have been blessed, but also because of the promises of God. Notice what the Bible says uh, in in, uh, Malachi again. Go to Malachi now, chapter 3. We haven't really turned here yet. Malachi chapter 3, look at verse 10. And the Bible says, you're familiar with this, okay? Verses 8 and 9 talk about them robbing God. How have we robbed God? Well, in tithes and offerings. And so then he commands them what they should be doing. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Wow, that sounds like a promise. Verse 11, it says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall, destroy the fr- shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, um, uh, saith the Lord of hosts. I want you to think about this. Uh, um, uh, first off, notice this. These are all blessings God wants to bestow on us. Amen? 
He's not saying if you'll do this, then I'll do that. He's saying, listen, I want to do this for you, but I can't because you won't. You all understand that? And so he's saying, I want to rebuke the devourer, and I want to defeat your enemies, and I want to fill your barns, and I want to make you a great testimony amongst the nations, but I can't do it. Why? Because you won't trust me enough to worship me with your tithes and your offerings. Okay? And so if you will, he's, he's literally saying, in a sense, that not tithing just keeps him from being able to bless us. All right? Not that we'll get blessings if we do it. He's saying, I already want to bless you. Amen. This whole name it, claim it that, that, that some uh, people practice is nonsense. You're not going to force God to do anything against his will. But his will is not just to meet your needs, but man, I want to bless you. How do, you, how do I want to bless you? Well, let's go review what I can't do because you're not tithing and offering. Okay. And so he lists it. First off, he says in verse 10, he says, I want to open the windows of heaven to you. Amen. I want to open the windows of heaven to you. And please take this the right way. How many of y'all know just because you give $10 doesn't mean you're going to get 100 By the way, some people believe that nonsense. If you watch too much charismatic TV, you've heard those messages. <laughs> okay. You know, plus, I don't know anybody that watches those things anymore. But anyhow. anyhow, my whole point is this. Uh, there, there used to be a man that uh, three times a year he would be led of the Lord to be able to pray his tenfold prayer. <laughs> Meaning, give the money quick. <laughs> Okay, why? So that as soon as I pray this, he's going to multiply your blessings tenfold. He didn't say that. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll give you some blessings so much so that you can't receive it. Help me for a second here. Have you ever felt like, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Anybody here ever taken your husband or your wife for granted? How's that work out for you? Huh? And in a sense, sometimes when God's good to us, we just take it for granted. Well, I have health because I've always had health. Oh, well, let me take it away and see how that feels. God, what are you doing to me? No, 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 you brought this on yourself. You wanted to know what it was like not to have the windows of heaven open to you. And I, listen, I'm not saying that, and I'm going to preach the very opposite of this in the morning message. Okay? Sometimes God puts you through a fire just for his glory. Amen. But can I just tell you this? That that whole sense of you're not tithing an offering. You're not worshiping me. Okay? And so I can't open the windows of heaven to you because it would be misconstrued. You wouldn't understand what was going on. Amen. You wouldn't be able to get the message. Notice the second thing. Verse 11, he says, I'll rebuke the devourer for you. I don't know about you, but I think I appreciate that one as much as any other. There's nothing I hate worse in this world than wasting. Anybody here still clean your plate, can't help yourself? I can't help myself. My mom grew up without food, and it was precious to us. And, and, and they said, well, don't take so much. Well, that's what I'm working on. Amen. Okay, don't take so much. But I will tell you this, whatever I take, I'm going to clean my plate. Okay? I got in trouble with my son one time. I... I, I put beets on his plate, and he did not want to eat them beets. And just because of the way I was raised is it got put on your plate, you're going to eat them beets. And uh, I was pretty hard on him. <laughs> I feel bad to this day. He, he went and he said, he ate them all, which was a very good thing, amen. He said, Dad, can I go to the bathroom? 
I said, sure. <laughs> and he came back and we go, all better? Yeah. <laughs> Dunk. <laughs> now, I didn't make a meat beats after that, amen. But I, I will tell you this. Uh, I hate waste. I, I hate putting two parts on a car when one would have fixed it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. And God says this. He says, not only will I open you the windows of heaven, but I'll keep you from wasting. Amen. Next one is in verse 12. And this is, I think this is as important as anything, folks. We forget that if we don't make it so God can bless us, then God can't receive the glory that he is due. Look what the Bible says in verse 12. In verse 12, the Bible says this. It says, and all nations shall call you, what's the Bible say? Blessed. And so whenever you are being blessed because you're doing your tithes and offerings and worshiping God with them, and then God, if you will, opens the window of heaven and he rebukes the devourer and everybody notices and says, man, how come everything works out for you? And you know what you can do? You, rather than thumping your chest, you can just take and say, listen, I believe the promises of God and God's been faithful to me. And then they say, well, who is this God? Well, he's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Paul. He's the God of, he's Jesus. Amen. Is he really that good to you? Well, listen, he's, he's, not a, he's not a cash machine, but I'll tell you this. He made some promises to me. And can I tell you this? He's been faithful to keep his promises. Amen. Who wouldn't want to follow a God like that? And yet, uh, and yet so many people abuse this teaching here. We see that the way that they should offer and then notice what the Bible says, because this is just as important. Go to chapter 25 again. Look at verse 2. Chapter 25, verse 2. The Bible says, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Every man that giveth it willingly. It doesn't just say willingly, folks. What's it say? Willingly with his heart. The Bible said, Bring your tithes and offerings willingly. How important is willingly to you bringing your tithes and offerings? Huh? It might be the most important thing. Does God need our money? Okay. We know that principle, but I want you to think about this. It actually has, uh, in a sense, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, if you can't bring them willingly, don't bring them. Okay. Is he serious about that? Well, he teaches very strongly about it in 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and look at verse 1. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under to their riches of their liberality. You see what it says right there? It says they didn't have any money, but they gave a very generous offering. Okay? They didn't have the means to do this, but because of, if you will, the joy of giving in their heart, they were, they were very liberal in their giving. Amen? All right? And so, if you will, uh, the Bible says, uh, verse 3, it says, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Meaning, I can do without. Now, can I tell you, I think the world we live in, this text has lost a little bit of its power. 
Why? Because I don't know hardly anybody in genuine need. If I did, I'd do something to help them. How many of us know somebody in deep poverty, in genuine need? I mean, every once in a while you'll have something, and you know, a tragedy or something, we can do something about it. But by and large, we're all doing all right. And if we have a little setback, well, it's just a setback. We're still going to be able to go to McDonald's, okay? Like, that's a big deal, amen? All right. McDonald's used to be a big deal. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, anyhow, for sake of time, you could read all the way down to verse 15. But uh, just for sake of time, go to chapter 9, look at verse 6. Verse 6, the Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Well, God, why am I not being blessed? God, you know, why is everybody else, you know? Well, the Bible says you sowed sparingly. Meaning what? Well, you did it grudgingly. Now, I'm the last person in the world to try to work somebody up to give more, give more, give more. No, but tithes and offerings. It's a form of worship. Amen? When we know of a need, okay, we can take and give. The Bible says further, it says in, uh, it says, uh, it says, but I, this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully, every man according as he purposed in his heart. Let him give, not grudgingly, or necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. Meaning, God wants you to be happy about writing the tie check. Now, that's not to mean the first time you write a real big tithe check, you might not have a little trepidation. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot of money. Okay? But I will tell you this. The Bible says give it willingly, not grudgingly. Okay? Now, what is the purpose for giving? Because the Bible teaches us that. By the way, the Bible talks about not giving. And here's a, he uses a very powerful word. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians 9 again. Okay? 1 Corinthians 9. And look at um, verse 16. The Bible says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Now notice the principle is in the next verse. He says, For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. Man, if, if I preach the gospel because I was told to preach the gospel, I get a reward. But if I do it grudgingly because God forces me, Amen? Look at the rest of that verse. He says, but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, I can do it willingly or can I, I can give an account later for not doing it at all or doing it grudgingly. I, I, I think vocabulary is important. I don't have to preach every Sunday. I get to preach every Sunday. Amen? We don't have to tithe every Sunday. We, and it is getting to tithe. Why? Because if you're dead broke and have nothing to give, you don't get to. <laughs> you guys understand? And so you get, you have the opportunity. God's prospered me. God's blessed me. Amen? And, and so if you will, it, it's really about the attitude. All right? But what is the purpose for giving ultimately? Because the Bible says bring your tithes into the storehouse. That... Come on, guys. We should know this verse. Bring your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Well, folks, what is his house? His house is a church, and what is meat? 
It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God, okay? Literally, it's, it's this, if you will. The Bible says that there may be meat in my house. The Word of God is meat. Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5. In Hebrews chapter 5, it makes this abundantly clear here. And look at verse 12. And the Bible says, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become uh, such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Okay? For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And so meat is a, is, a, is a general term for food, okay? The meat offering, when we get to it, you're going to find out it's a bread offering, okay? It's, it's bread and grain, all right? So it's, uh, we, we say meat, that means meat. No, it means food. It, it means what you consume. And so babies eat milk, and, and then young people eat bread, and, and then older people, there's nothing better than a good steak, amen? And God says, listen, you're, you're, you, you, at the right age, and at the right offering, it's good for all of us to have all those things. He says, why do we give? So that there might be meat in our house. Not just our house. But folks, what is our great commission? Go into all the world and... Folks, so that there might be meat in the world. There might be the word of God in the world. Amen? We see that here, because the Bible teaches us this, if you will. Go to Ephesians. I want to show you something I've been thinking about for a long time. I don't know that I've ever really just preached it. But uh, I'll give you something. I kind of think outside the box in this area. I believe I'm right. I wouldn't preach it if I didn't. But... um, but, if you will, who are the distributors of meat? Okay, and the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 11, and he gave some, y'all, y'all there, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave some, now, get a hold of this, but I believe apostles are missionaries. Okay, and the reason for that is they go out with a commission under authority. Okay, and their whole purpose is to start churches. That's what the Apostle Paul did. That's what the Apostle Peter did. They went out and they started churches, okay? And so I believe, if you will, one of the things that we get to do with our tithes and offerings, our offerings go towards missions by and large, amen? Why? To support preachers, to go around the world and to preach the gospel, amen? That there may be meat in my house, but if you will, meat from my house to the whole world. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so God says by giving, we have the opportunity to spread meat, to feed, to give people the word of God, amen? And the first people to do that are apostles. The Bible says next, Prophets, prophets, I believe, the, the simple definition is inspired speakers, who are people who are inspired to speak the Word of God. And, and, and today we call those people evangelists for some reason, okay, or, 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 or other offices. There's other offices that applies to, but that's another message for another day. What are evangelists? Because most people teach that evangelists are missionaries. I do not believe that. I believe apostles are missionaries. What are evangelists then? Come on. What's an evangelist? Someone 
Somebody who preaches the gospel. Philip the evangelist, what did he do? He says there's an Ethiopian out in the middle of the wilderness. Go explain to him what he's reading so he can get saved. Amen. And so if you will, the Bible says that we, we, we take and we give. What, well, you say, well, how's that benefit us? We can buy gospel tracts. We can have a, a, a class teaching us how to be soul winners. We can take, come on now, amen. And we can get the word of God into the community. That's, that's the purpose of bringing our tithes into the storehouse, Okay. Uh, one way we're doing it, it costs us $50 a month to be on a sermon audio. Folks, I looked, and last month, uh, sermons from our church were listened to 1,400 times. I don't know who's listening to them, but I'm telling you, somebody's listening and they're getting a benefit from it. Amen? 1,400, and, the bio, and according to their statistics, 16 different countries, 16 different countries were, were taking and watching sermons coming from our church. Amen? What a blessing. We have an opportunity to give to that, okay? And, and so, if you will, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors are the shepherds of the church, and then teachers are anybody that takes and teaches the Word of God. Some people call it pastor-teacher, uh, but anyhow. The Bible says, bring your tithes to the storehouse that there may be meat. What? People who can take and preach and teach the Word. Matter of fact, we didn't read the rest of that verse. Let's read the rest of it now, Okay. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says, and, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. And then it talks about verse 14, not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Y'all understand that? He's saying this. He says, bring your tithes in the storehouse for as much as anything so that we might know and distribute the word of God. Why? So that ultimately God will get all the praise. Y'all see that? And then last of all, he, he gives us an accountability. Uh, look again what the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians um, 9. 1 Corinthians 9. Look at verse 17. And the Bible says, for if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Folks, we give, to, we give willingly or we're going to answer to God for it. Now, what it says? We give willingly or we're going to answer to God for it. Now, having said that, if you're doing it grudgingly, stop. Why waste your money? I, I'm saying that with all sincerity. If you can't give willingly, stop. Because God's saying you're not going to get the benefit from it if you're giving grudgingly. Having said that, you probably ought to think about your attitude. Okay? Meaning what? It's not a have to give tithes and offerings. It's a get to give tithes and offerings. Now, I'm out of time, so we'll take up the offerings that they were to bring at the next service. And we're done. Thank you.